This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is about the best player in the history of the game, Patrick Mahomes. Tom Brady could be the GOAT because he got Super Bowls. He's the best player in the history of the game. We are taking for granted greatness. If he wins the Super Bowl and he walks away, his career is better than those that we have considered in that GOAT conversation at different times. Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, etc. He's better. Patrick Mahomes is in another world. He's by himself. He's looking at Joe Montana. He's looking at Tom Brady. That's who he's looking at. He's not looking at nobody currently that's playing. He's that great. Are we taking Mahomes' greatness for granted? It's an interesting question brought up by Dan Orlovsky there, the ESPN NFL analyst. I don't think we are. No. We're talking about him potentially being the greatest of all time. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> I don't know how that's granted. taken. Is there an argument that we did this season because of the fact that we doubted him a little bit? No, because I think the doubt was warranted based on what we saw and the games and the results on the field. But we didn't doubt him, though. That's the yeah, other part. Yeah, we never doubted him. Yeah. We doubted the receivers, and for good reason. Yeah. They led the league in drops. We thought he couldn't overcome that. Yeah, I yes. mean, to quote Giselle, he can't throw it and catch it. That's right. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess unless you're a Lamar Jackson. But, I mean, you can't <laughs> throw it and then catch it, and, and that's the thing. Like, we didn't anticipate that his receivers would be able to flip a switch, and then all of a sudden, Rishi Rice is going to become a guy that you can rely on when you target him double-digit times. Or MVS in that situation, third down to ice the game, you throw a bomb to him. We've seen that before. Remember when they tried to win the game against the Eagles? He put it right in MVS's hands. Or how about the game against the Green Bay Packers? Again, right in MVS's hands, and those were critical jobs. But in this instance, he did it against the Baltimore Ravens in the conference championship game, and he caught it. Yeah. So, like, we, we, we didn't anticipate that, but if the receivers are going to catch the passes that he throws to them, then, yeah, there's no reason to think that they won't be a proficient offense and that they can't contend at a championship level, especially with how good their defense is. I would make the argument that I think the Kansas City Chiefs are better built this year than any year during the Patrick Mahomes era. And I know that may come off crazy, but I believe if you're built in a way of I'm going to invest on the defense and I'm going to let Patrick Mahomes make magic on the offense, that's better than outfitting him with tons of weapons and not investing on the defense. I think they're actually better built this year than any of the other years. Because I know how great this guy is. I know he can make guys that can't catch into good receivers or at least capable receivers by the end of the season. I know that there is a frustration level of getting to that point. But if you look at Chris Jones, if you look at Legereus Sneed on that defense. Trent McDuffie. Trent McDuffie first round pick, right? If I'm not mistaken, out of Washington. And you look at some of the investment on the offensive line, specifically Joe Tooney, who I know is hurt now. But I think they're, and making sure Travis Kelsey never leaves. I think they're better built this year than they've been in any of the other years because it takes advantage of two things. One, his greatness. And two, those who still believe, I think incorrectly, but those who still believe that defense wins championships. You know what? You bring up an interesting point, and the Chiefs organization played this perfectly. <laughs> they did it the exact way that you would want to do it, right? I mean, you bring in a young quarterback, and you want to flank him with a lot of really good talent, right? Travis yep. Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and Damian Williams, the running back once upon a time. The yep. offensive line, that was really good before they retooled it. Like, they, they had all of those pieces in place. Orlando Brown, Orlando, who they got. Orlando Brown. Like, they, they did it the right way in terms of how they structured the team. Then once your quarterback matures and grows into, you know, the role, then all of a sudden you can, you can focus on the defensive side of the ball, right? And knowing that your quarterback can elevate the play 
of those around him. He can be above the X's and O's, play outside of the structure of the offense, and make good players great, average players good, which is what we're seeing right now. And then eventually, it'll go in its phases and its different cycles, and Patrick Mahomes will be at a point where he needs more talent around him in order to properly manage the game at a high level and allow them to win Super Bowls. But right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the second part of that that cycle right mm-hmm. now, which is asking Mahomes to do to, everything to take average players and make them good, and then the, the the good player that he has in Travis Kelsey and make them great or Hall of Fame worthy, and that's what he's doing. And he's done it. Yeah, and that's why they continue to be able to do it. So I think we're giving Patrick Mahomes credit and rightfully so, but we should also give the Chiefs credit for a masterclass in roster construction and quarterback development because they're doing it the right way. Surround him with a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball early on. Then once he grows into the role, you win a couple of championships, you go to three Super Bowls, lean on him more and fix your defense, which they've done with Spags, and now it's a championship-caliber defense, Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to compete for a Super Bowl because of how good Mahomes is at being able to make average players good, good players great, great players Hall of Famers. But with that formula that you guys just outlined, why would I think that he's going to slow down anytime soon? Why would I think that he's not capable of continuing at this pace that he's dictated? <sighs> ah, great question. So Thank the reason you. the reason that you could think that is because what happens now is that the defense gets so good that they get really expensive. Then the defense gets worse, and Mahomes gets more expensive. And then to keep the one guy, Kelsey, he gets more expensive. So now you don't have as good of a defense, and you still don't have as many good wide receivers. That's why. So that's why you have the one- or two-year potential dip of not winning the Super Bowl and then recycling it once a guy like Travis Kelsey is no longer there. And I'm not saying you don't want Travis Kelsey, but you may need his money to distribute everywhere else. That's the cycle that you're talking about. You know what this seems very similar to? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick yeah, and we exactly that, what they did. But didn't we say that about Tyreek Hill? Like, oh, I don't think nope. this. Not me. I didn't think it was. I, I said that. I, I was, said it I too. I thought it was no problem. He's the problem. most explosive player in the NFL. He was, no, he's you unbelievable. Don't give, you don't get rid of the most explosive player in the NFL and don't think your team is going to take a hit. Correct. They, they, won, they won the damn Super Bowl. I, this yes. is exactly what I'm saying. Because yeah. he graduated, he being Mahomes, graduated to that next level. It's, no, 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 hold on. But we have to bring up this part of the Tyreek Hill of it all too. It wasn't as if Tyreek Hill just walked for nothing. They traded Tyreek Hill and got multiple premium picks, in one of which resulted in Trent McDuffie. Mm, on the so, defense. So, so, there's, so, again, that's the part of it. Like, we're talking about the defensive players getting expensive. Yeah. The Jerry Sneed and Chris Jones being free agents. Well, you can tag one of those guys, probably the Jerry Sneed, and that allows you to trade that guy and bring back compensation that can help your team. So, again, you get to replenish your roster with young, controllable talent that ends up being premium players because you're using premium picks to get them. And while the quarterbacks are not equal, and I'm not even remotely suggesting that they are, despite my love of, of one of them, what San Francisco has done is the exact same thing. They've said, we're not sure how good the quarterback is. Let's outfit him with all of these other guys. And the moment they think this guy is that good, those guys won't need to be as good, and the money will be spent on defense. That You will not have to pay Debo and Brandon Ayuk. You are going to get... The discount version of Debo and Brandon Ayuk, if you believe, if you believe Brock Purdy has graduated to that next level. CeCe does not believe that. Hell no. I do. I believe he has. Or will. Excuse me. Will. I'm just, this is the way the great teams work. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm uncomfortable putting Brock Purdy into this well, conversation. It's, yeah, it's no, a whole no, I, yeah, I'm I'm say, I started by saying you cannot I, equate the quarterbacks. You can equate the course. theories behind roster composition. Yeah, but, yeah, but there's I, I, a I confidence it, level there that yeah. that is not on par for me because you can feel a little bit more confident about moving on from Tyreek Hill when 15 is your quarterback. Yeah. And I and I don't want to bash Brock Purdy, but you are not going to have the same confidence level in Brock Purdy that you are in Patrick Mahomes. No, no. But it's just kind of like what Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals are about to go through, right? T. Higgins. Because they've got T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and they've got Orlando Brown Jr. making big-time money. Like, they've got a lot of expensive pieces. they got Joe Mixon making big-time money. Like, so they're going to go through this phase where they're going to have to, you know, let go of some of their key components on the offensive side of the ball, and they're probably going to have to trade somebody away. They're not going to be able to pay everybody, even though they have a good amount of cap space. And so it becomes a situation where you trade that guy away and you bring back a premium pick, which allows you to infuse your roster with premium talent at controllable cost because they're on a rookie contract. That's how you have to do it. The front office has to work hand-in-glove with the coaching staff in terms of making sure that they understand the identity of the team in order to maximize the window that you create by hitting on an elite quarterback like Mahomes, like Burrow, like Lamar Jackson, like Josh Allen. And that's why I have pushed back on the idea that roster composition for Kansas City this year is worse than it's been. I think I still will say I think it's better because it's better suited to actually win a championship or multiple championships done this way when you could support Mahomes with elite-level defense. But it's not ideal, though, because, I mean, your receivers led the league in drops. But you're always going to have right. something. No, no, but, yeah, but it, something, yes. But leading the league in drops, no. But it like, hasn't actually catching, hurt that Catching the ball amazing. is fun. Well, well, you say that, but I'm just saying catching the ball is fundamental to the position. Like You don't want to make the degree of difficulty as high as it possibly can be just because the guy is the best quarterback in the league. Like You do want to try to make it as easy as you possibly can. And your hope, and here's the other thing, yeah. like you hope that the extra playoff game that the Chiefs had to play as opposed to the San Francisco 49ers doesn't factor into what's going to happen a week from now when they match up. Mm. Because if we're looking at the two rosters, I mean, when it comes to top-end talent, there is no comparison. The 49ers have more top-end talent than the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs' best player is Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, he accounts for, you know, whatever. Like, he's amazing. About he's the best guys. player in all of football. Yeah. But, I mean, when you look at the San Francisco 49ers, I mean, think about all the all-pros they have just on the offensive side yeah. of the ball. Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, Trent Williams on the defensive side of the ball. You got Fred Warner. You got Javarius Ward. Both of them made all-pro teams this year. You got Nicky Bosa, who's made an all-pro team. You got Javon Hargrave, who's made an all-pro team. The you safety got, who's out You got awesome. Eric Armstead. You, you got Hafunga, who's yeah. not playing, but, yeah, but he's awesome. he was an all-pro last year. Yeah. Think about all of these players that you have on this team. So I guess my whole point is, when you're trying to win a championship, you want to have – the clearest path, the easiest path in order to get there and make sure you position yourself to best get it done. I, I just don't know that this group of receivers did that, but Patrick Mahomes is so great and yeah. so singular that he was able to overcome all of those things. So to go full circle, back to a conversation we've had about we assume that Patrick Mahomes is now going to bring more people into his team at a lesser price yes. moving forward. So if you can build a team where Mahomes is your guy, obviously he is, and you can build a team where you're paying the defense what they are paying the defense and having great players there potentially long-term, 
then what you get is, I'm bringing up a random name, reckless speculation, you get Odell Beckham Jr. for a below market value contract because he's looking to go somewhere. Like, he got a big contract with Baltimore this year. But theoretically, you get a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. who's better than MVS and he's not going to drop the ball as much. And you get him for $10 an hour when (laughs) you're surprised you're actually getting him for that price. This is how good Kansas City is. This is how good they could be long term. And this very well may be just the beginning of it. But again, I will continue to contend that I think they're better built this year than they have been the last few years because of how good their defense actually is. Joe Fortenbaugh will join us. What is he betting on this weekend? We'll find out next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. If you follow me on Twitter, at Evco Radio, E-V-C-O Radio, you saw that I tweeted yesterday, quote tweeted, one of the funniest clips I've seen in a long time. Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time. Great show here on ESPN Radio. And Chris Carlin was trying to break down the amount of MVPs NBA players won playing under 65 games, to which our next guest... Joe Fortenbaugh, had to counter and explain to Carlin that all of those seasons were either lockout-shortened or (laughs) COVID-shortened seasons as to why it was less than 65 games. Joe, kudos to you guys. That was phenomenal yesterday. I mean, you got to give him credit. He really thought he was on to something there. He's like, you know, it's not the first time we've had something like this. Let's start with Carl Malone. 49 games. Can you believe it? And I'm sitting there thinking, how is a guy winning four, winning the MVP 49 of 82? But who am I to call him out? And then as we started to unravel this list he had put together, we realized it was user error on behalf of the compiler because the whole thing was a damn mess. Oh, it was phenomenal. Just phenomenal. <laughs> Carlin versus Joe, noon until 3 Eastern time. Uh, yeah, uh, Obviously, every single day. All right. Advise everybody out there. They're going to ESPN bet this weekend. What are they betting on? What are you advising people to bet on on a non-NFL weekend this weekend? Great weekend for college hoops. Great weekend. We have UNC Duke. We have, uh, I think it's Kentucky's got a huge matchup against, I want to say, Tennessee. I was going through it this morning. We've got at least uh, Houston and Kansas. A lot of big matchups. This is the time of year where we start to really turn our attention to college hoops on the weekends and what's going to be coming in the next month plus. Problem is we don't have any point spreads on any of that right now. We don't have any point spreads for the Laker game with the Knicks tomorrow night. So we're kind of limited to what we can do. But I still come bearing some gifts. I got an NBA game for tonight. I would play the Sacramento Kings minus the two and a half over the Pacers. Love the Pacers this year. This is a situational spot. This is going to be the sixth game in 
nine nights for Indiana. Six in nine. And they just played the Knicks last night at the Garden. Had to travel home. Kings are rested. I'd lay the two and a half. We've also got a UFC fight night card. That's tomorrow night at the Apex in Las Vegas. 7 p.m. Eastern. The main card starts. It's on ESPN. You know, what a corporate plug right there from a corporate (laughs) kind of guy. Main event. Um, Nasruddini Amavov, I would lay the minus 170 over Roman Delize in that one. I think you could go over two and a half rounds as well. Styles make fights, and stylistically, this favors Imavov. Joe, earlier this week we had Brian Winhurst on ESPN senior basketball writer, and he floated Kawhi Leonard as an MVP candidate because of how he's playing individually and the team's overall success. Now on ESPN bet right now, Kawhi Leonard is plus 15,000 to win MVP. Good bet, bad bet. Interesting, right? We, we have a very unique year here because of this 65-game threshold. And we were talking about this on ESPN Bet Live the other day, the idea that, oh, there's so much chaos. We've never dealt with this rule before. It makes it difficult to handicap, right? That's not how you should look at that. Chaos favors the sports better, all right? Uncertainty favors the sports better. When you have a situation that's the same as it's always been, the bookmakers are locked in. They're razor sharp. They have their models. They have their discussions. They know how to hang a really tough number, for example, like the Super Bowl. But when you introduce a new rule, you introduce a little anarchy, as the Joker would say. They're dealing with it just like we are, trying to figure out, hey, you know, forever Embiid was the favorite. And I'm sitting here saying if he doesn't make the threshold, it doesn't even matter. So what I'd say is look for a couple long shots like you're talking about, Canty. The idea of a Kawhi Leonard who's played quite a, quite a few games this year. However, would they see him as an MVP when you also have Paul George, when you also have James Harden? I think the guy to look at, Granted, they didn't look good last night, would be Jason Tatum. He's 40 to 1. 40 to 1. He's on the number one team in the NBA in terms of record and point differential. He's putting up like 27, 7, and 8 per night. He's going to have a lot of marquee games. And again, 40 to 1. He's only missed three games all season. That's a guy I would look at because I think this market could be turned upside down. Embiid will probably get eliminated from this thing. And if there's an injury to Shea Gilgis Alexander or Nikola Jokic, this thing becomes wide open. Joe, I wanted to bring you into a conversation that we were having just moments ago about Patrick Mahomes and his greatness. If you had to head to ESPN Bet right now and place a bet on one of these two things, what would you pick? That Patrick Mahomes wins zero Super Bowls moving forward or that he wins four more Super Bowls moving forward? Zero. Zero. I would bet zero, yeah. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but he's not getting four. So, I mean... Well, actually, now when you bring that up, (laughs) the idea that zero is probably a lousy bet because one of them blows me out of the water. Yes. But I don't see any chance of four. All right, Smalls, you got me there. You got me there. Well done by you. That typical laying in the weeds, (laughs) letting the other two big mouths get their shots up, and then there it is. No, I would would probably have to bet the four then because I think he's going to get at least one more, which would blow up the zero. I I know we do the big Brady comparison. Um, It's just... The thing is, he's in his prime. We're taking prime Patrick Mahomes at the absolute peak, and we're comparing it to the career of Tom Brady. I think we forget about like the idea of what is Patrick Mahomes going to look like ages 35 through 43, because that's where Brady was still on top of his game, right? And it takes a real special cat to be winning Super Bowls in his 40s. Also, this younger generation, do they want to play to their 40s, right? Do you want to spend that much time out there if you've made bank? Don't you want to go out, spend time with your kids? You see that with a lot of coaches now who are shutting it down early. So to answer your question in the most roundabout, 
um, confusing way possible. I probably have to bet the four because I see him getting at least one. Well, if it makes you feel any better, Smalls and CeCe said four. I said zero. So I think you're on the right side of this. <laughs> but I, I do have to ask a question I'm fascinated by. I feel like you're still wearing the Vegas wardrobe in Connecticut. Yeah. Like, how, when do you make the switch to Connecticut wardrobe versus Vegas wardrobe? I'm very interested in this show. When some of the packages of hoodies I've been ordering begin to arrive finally. Okay. Because that's, been, that's the problem. I, I moved out here. I made a huge mistake. The night before I moved out, I was leaving about a month before my wife and kids. And we're getting the house ready and all this stuff. And I was drinking wine. And I'm reminiscing about the three years in Vegas, which was my second three-year stint. And I'm drinking this wine, and it's like 9.30, it's 10. And my wife's like, you know, your flight is at 6 in the morning. Are you going to pack? And I was like, yeah, I'll get around to it. She goes, you're, you're not packing for a weekend in Los Angeles. Like, you're moving to another state. You need to pack stuff. I was like, no, I'll be fine. And then I went up there, and I was half in the bag, and I threw some stuff in, and then I left, and then I shipped the box, and I completely forgot about the idea that, like, everything went into storage, and I can't access that stuff, so I have nothing. So I've got the Vegas wardrobe. Now, this shirt goes really nice with the suit I'm going to wear on first take today at around 11.15 Eastern. So your boy needs to look sharp. But, yeah, the Vegas wardrobe, it's all I got. That's the answer. It's all I got. Well, Joe, I have to have a quick follow-up here. What kind of wine is Joe Fortenbaugh drinking when he is reminiscing on a stint in Vegas before he moves? This was really cheap red wine. This oh. was, like, cheap. It was, like, it's going to give no. you a headache type of red oh, wine. No. I oh, didn't you, even you, you know what? You've oh, said a lot no. of things to annoy what? the big guy over here at CC. Oh, no. You can't mess with bad wine no. around Why are you CC. Doing that to I yourself, Joe? I, you You're listen, better than that. Listen, Especially in that moment, reminiscing. The, the way I felt the next day was punishment enough, okay? <laughs> so I don't need you two to pile on, but I'll say this. Um, I have a couple cases that I brought out here of some really good stuff from a club I belong to. Uh, when I see you guys next week, maybe we open up one of those bottles. I love it. Maybe nice. we do, since you're so highfalutin and you're willing to rain on my parade. Oh, wow. I'm not saying all that, Joe. I'm oh, the master. Oh, really? I'm the master of being able to find a $20 bottle of wine that tastes amazing. Okay. But but Joe, I'm just I'm not going out here buying Mad Dog 2020 no more. I'm just saying, <laughs> Joe, you should treat your liver better, my brother. Hey, Mad Dog 2020, shout out Ocean City, Maryland. Anyone who's <laughs> ever been to Ocean City, Maryland, you know how we do down there. Oh, wow. I, I, I We used to have Beach Week with the Baltimore Ravens at Ocean City, Maryland. But anyway, I digress. Joe, the Secrets. Big... Did, you get, did you guys get banned from Secrets? Why, why do we have to get banned where we go out somewhere, Joe? Why can't we behave like gentlemen? Well, I was saying, if you're going to go to wait, Secrets, wait. do it right. You're wait, not wait. doing it right if, unless you get thrown out of Secrets. <laughs> Joe, I got to ask you about the big game before we get you out of here. This game, the line has been bouncing around to one and a half, two, two and a half. Like, where, where are we with the line? And can anything happen with players in terms of injury report that can impact how you would play this line this early on in Super Bowl week? I mean, open two, two and a half with Niners as the favorite, went as low as minus one, then bounced back up to two, and it's been sitting there all week. We're not talking about key numbers here. I haven't really done anything with it yet. I'd be looking to money lines in that situation. I don't see it getting the three because that's a very key number, and I mean, you, I think you get an onslaught of Kansas City money from the pros if it hit three. Conversely, I don't see it moving back down to pick them, so we've already seen our buy points. So barring some catastrophic injury, I think we know where the range is going to be. Somewhere around around one all the way up to two and a half. Um, 
I don't have anything for the side, but I will leave you with this. I like the Chiefs in the first half of this game. It's plus 110, okay? Chiefs have gotten off the fast starts. Fast start against Miami, fast start against Baltimore. Uh, They hung right there with Buffalo in the first half. They've been here before on the big stage. They know how to script. Andy Reid with a bye is dangerous. The Niners started really slow against Detroit, really slow against Green Bay. Shanahan's been tight early in these games, and Brock Purdy on the big stage could have some of those nerves. So I do like Kansas City to win the first half. I think they have the edge there, and at plus 110, I'm going to play that price. Joe, I know you gave us your picks for the weekend, but is there a wink-wink play? I don't have I wish I had. It's probably going to be the Kings tonight. That would be the one. I know I threw that out there at, at minus two and a half. I'd play them over the Pacers because of the spot. Again, Indiana has, has played six games in their last nine nights, and they were just at the Garden last night playing the Knicks. Tough game. You got to turn around and get ready for an up-tempo matchup with the Kings tonight. That would be the wink-wink. If we could get some damn point spreads for tomorrow's games, I'd be happy to give you more. I've been asking all morning, what are we doing here? Can we get a Duke-UNC line? The people want action. So maybe we'll have some more of that later today. Joe Fortenbaugh, noon Eastern today with Chris Carlin, of course, breaking down the MVP race and how many games everybody plays uh, wearing his Vegas gear in Connecticut. Doing this in person next week, right? Yes. Doing this in person? I'll be there. Well, well, yes, if, sir. Yeah, if we let you in the studio, sure. <laughs> it's Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Tune in to college basketball action tomorrow as Kansas hosts Houston, presented by Robin Hood. Coverage begins at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. There is a huge college basketball game tomorrow night, which we're going to get to in a second, but some interesting news very quickly here from baseball. Fenway Sports Group has announced that Theo Epstein has joined their ownership group. Wow. And is going to be a special advisor. And that is the group that, needless to say, owns the Boston Red Sox. So, uh, Theo Epstein. And LeBron James are teammates. And, oh, good one. Okay, go ahead. Read it to that. What is that making you think? I'm just putting it out there. LeBron to the Celtics, Percy. I'm just putting it out there. They're teammates now. It's only you as a Lakers fan would try any which way to get LeBron traded today, which is just a fascinating angle. But Theo Epstein rejoining the Red Sox, where I find this to be interesting is, does that mean there was no clear path to commissioner of baseball? 
because I think Rob Manfred's a little better than most people do. I also think that Theo Epstein should be the commissioner of the sport. I think he, everything he touches turns to gold. I think that's pretty clear. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Red Sox fan today, you got to be thrilled of to course. get back, hit, you know, back in the mix with Theo Epstein. But yeah, some pretty big news. But it does take us to something that we were going to talk about here. So rivalries in sports. Tomorrow we have UNC Duke. Okay, in college basketball, that is known obviously as one of the best rivalries in sports. Do we still look at that the same way we used to? And the reason I transitioned from Theo to that is like I don't look at Yankees Red Sox the same way that I used to. I think the Red Sox winning multiple times is actually taken away from that rivalry a little bit in terms of winning the World Series and kind of equaling the Yankees. There's no big brother, little brother, you know, mentality anymore. Yep. But 6:30 p.m. Eastern tomorrow night on ESPN, Duke and North Carolina, two top ten teams. Do we feel like it has the same nastiness as it used to? No. Why? No, because the conference overall is weaker, and we don't look at these teams as the preeminent powers when it comes to the landscape of the sport, right? Like, that was the thing. Duke Carolina was not just for bragging rights in, in ACC supremacy, but it was the inside track to being able to win the national title. It was about having the number one overall seed once you got to the NCAA tournament. That's what they were competing for. That's what it was about with Dean Smith and Coach K and then so on and so forth with the different iterations and the different coaches at Carolina and now with two completely different coaches in Hubert Davis and, and your boy at Duke. So I just think this is a little bit different. It has a different feel, and I think the biggest part of it is because the stakes aren't so high. Mm-hmm. Like the implications for competing for national titles isn't so great. I don't look at Duke with John Shire as a championship contender, and I know that Carolina by – you know, by record and ranking is supposed to be, but I don't buy them as a title contender either. I was thinking about this last night because I knew we were going to talk about this today. And I've come to the conclusion that I think there's only one true rivalry left in sports, and that's Michigan-Ohio State. Because when I was growing up, some of these rivalry matchups, you were tuning in no matter what. Yankees, Red Sox, Celtics, Lakers, Duke, North Carolina. You were locked into these rivalries because – Both teams were on a certain level, and there was a healthy hate between the two. But now it feels like that that really only applies to Michigan-Ohio State. I have no rooting interest for either of those teams. But when they face off against one another, I know that the stakes are so high for both programs, and both programs are usually at a certain level of excellence that no matter what I'm doing that day, I'm clearing the schedule so that I can sit down and watch that game. Can I poke one hole in this based on semantics here? Please do. You said... I don't think there's any rivalries left in sports besides Michigan-Ohio State. Not to that level. I, can I, the hole I want to poke is I don't think there's any team rivalries left. Because when LeBron and Steph play each other, I feel like that's a rivalry. I think there's individual rivalries now. Jokic and Embiid feels like a rivalry to some – well, I guess maybe not. They don't play against each other much. No, not at all. So, bad example. But you get what I'm saying. LeBron saying, and yeah. Steph um, – I don't know. I don't feel like the Bills and Chiefs are. People have made that into something. I think those who played for CC, the Ravens, and those who played for the Steelers would still look at Ravens Steelers. That's a rivalry. But the Ravens feel so much above the Steelers right now, just mainly because of the quarterback. I tend to agree with you, Smalls, that there aren't Yankees and Red Sox. Not what it once was. Not no. even close. No. Like, but there are pop-up rivalries almost. Like the Bucks and the Pacers this year randomly is now a thing. Although the Pacers are kicking their butt, but they, they're talking junk back and forth with each other. It's because of the player movement. It's because in college basketball specifically, if you're a great player, 
you're not supposed to stay. Like Armando Baycott is a player for Duke, excuse me, for North Carolina. R.J. Davis is a player for North Carolina. They've been there for years. Your initial reaction is, why have they been there so long and not in the NBA? Not, well, they've been there for so long. That's great. They must have this real dislike towards Duke. I think the player movement and the transfers in college and guys going pro early has eliminated that of the team rivalries. I still think there may be individual rivalries, at least how I look at it. But outside of Steph LeBron, do you have any other examples of ones that you, you're going to be locked into no matter what? Well, okay, we had it last night. Are Lakers-Celtics a rivalry for you guys? Nope. No. no. Not at all, Pat? No, why? When's the last time Lakers and Celtics have been, like, battling against each other like that? Like 2008? Is the hate the same? 2010, they it doesn't the feel the same. No, it doesn't feel the same either because it feels like fans are more so, uh, uh, you know, of the players and the individual stars than they are the actual team because of player empowerment and player movement. Yeah, whereas Michigan, Ohio State, we were talking to people leading up to that game who were saying, I don't care if we win, win the national title. Every it's about other beating game. Ohio State or beating Michigan. It yeah. will ruin their entire year. Coaches are literally fired or on the hot seat based on the result of that game. Wow. Yeah, people aren't fans like you are anymore, Ev. Like, they're, What's they're that not, now? They're not, they're not loyal to it. They're like, you're a Miami Heat fan. Oh, you're, you're saying I actually am loyal? Uh, I mean, oh, thank you. Are, are you. Are you not? I thought I just figured you were going to have a front runner on that no, one. No, he's but. ready to jump shit from the Patriots oh, as soon as Belichick is tired. Yeah, as soon as Belichick Not this year. I don't have anywhere to go. <laughs> wow. So hey, welcome NFL, to my world. Your NFL fandom is up for debate. No, I'm with the Patriots. Okay, all right. If you told me that Belichick went somewhere, I'd have a decision to make. But I understand what you're saying. But don't like I don't think there's one single rivalry that it's logical. Michigan Ohio State is crazy. Like Michigan fans would like they're they're happier about winning against Ohio State than winning the national championship. Yeah. But that's part of the rivalry. You need a healthy hate crazy. from the opposite you know, of the opposition. I mean, Steelers Ravens is like I, it's okay if I hurt myself as long as I hurt you more. Yeah. Like that's the kind of rivalry it is. Like we go into this like I'm going to take my pound of flesh from this guy. And, yeah, we want to win the game. But more so than that, I want to whoop this guy's ass because he's got a Steelers uniform yeah. on. What about like, that's how it is. The laundry is offensive. Exactly. It is disgusting to me. Yes. Yeah. What about any of the NFC East rivalries? Any of them still exist in your mind? I mean, I, when I was with the Giants, we hated the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Especially going out there and playing Philadelphia. I hated it. It just despised it. I used to ask my dad not to go to the game. And my dad went to every single game, home and away, college and pro. He went to every game. I would ask him not to go to that game. Because? Just because of how nasty the fans are. Oh, wow. And I wanted to be nasty right back to him. Like, that's how, that's how disgusting that game was to me. Now, I don't know if it has that same spice anymore, but that's how it was in the 2000s and the early 2010s. And so I think there's that one there just because of proximity yeah. and being in the same division. It's like, you know, you got people in families that are on different sides of that thing. It's right there, right? You know, both of the teams, you know, both of the players live in South Jersey versus North Jersey. Like, it's it's that kind of thing. But I don't know if you have those rivalries across sports now that once existed. It just doesn't feel like that. I mean, Eagles-Cowboys is massive. Let's be honest. Eagles-Cowboys is Gigantic, it, gigantic wasn't massive when I, it wasn't massive when I played in it, though, Pat. That, like it, We didn't feel that way. When I was with the Cowboys, it wasn't like yeah, that. Yeah, but that was like 20 years ago. Okay. That, wow. That hurts. I, I mean, 15 oh, years ago? Sorry. That hurts. I'm oh, just saying, the Eagles-Cowboys right here. now is... Uh, just now. Right? Danny, right? <laughs> how do you feel about those Eagles uh, fans? I despise them. They disgust me. They disgust me. Yeah. There so. A counter to all of this. I, I, by the way, I'm on board with everything we've saying, but I, there was, there's a counter to all of this, which is 
we use Duke UNC to talk about are there still rivalries in sports. We didn't use, if you look at the college basketball slate, we have Kansas and Houston tomorrow on ESPN Radio. That's four versus eight. That's a heck of a matchup. We didn't use Kentucky against Tennessee, which is two top 10 teams. We didn't use Iowa State and Baylor, two top 20 teams. We have an enormous slate of college hoops tomorrow. By even asking the question, is it still a rivalry, would that indicate it is? Just because Duke North Carolina is the jump off for this entire conversation. Because you don't have to ask that about Michigan Ohio State. Okay, fair. You don't have to ask, is it still a rivalry? You don't have to ask that about Raven Steelers either. So I guess we're saying no, it's not a rival. So, we're, so just to be clear, we're eliminating Duke North Carolina, and are we eliminating Yankees Red Sox? Duke North Carolina is still a rivalry. I just don't think it has the same oomph that it once it did. It doesn't. But it's still a rivalry. I mean, obviously, that's the game that if you're a, a Duke fan or a North Carolina fan, that you circle on the calendar. And again, proximity right there playing yeah, a factor right as there, well. No of question. Course. But, you know, Cardinals-Cubs used to be a rivalry. And it still is, but in like a, hey, come on down, we'll buy you a beer. It's, it's yeah. more friendly rivalry. But the Cubs winning probably hurt that. Big time hurt it. And real quick, on that UNC-Duke, UNC has the trump card in terms of they beat Coach K at his last game at home, mm-hmm. and they ended Coach K's career in that semifinals. Unless Duke beats them in a finals, I think the Carolina will hold that trump card over them because they got rid of the legend that way. Nuno, quick question for you. As a Yankee fan, do you consider Yankees-Red Sox still a rivalry? No, it bores me at this point. Wow! It just bores me because there's nothing there, especially now where they're both kind of just like, I don't know, they're a complete and utter disaster at at this point in time. Like the Orioles are the best team in that division. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's disgusting. And they added Corbin Burns, a former Cy Young Award winner last night from the Brewers. Coming up, our most unsportsmanlike moments of the day. But first, CeCe has this from Granger. Oh, uh, yes. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. We survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look. All right, CC. Small unsportsmanlike moments of the day. But we start with CeCe's best bet, which lost but won last night, right? 
Yeah. Your bet lost, but your team won. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah, the, the Lakers. The, the, the bet lost, but my Lakers won. So it feels kind of like a win, right? It has to be considered a win, doesn't it? I'm going to count guess. it as a win anyway. So, all right. So we're going to go to the association here, and we're going to get involved with tonight's game. The Kings and the Pacers. Now, we know defense will be optional in this matchup. So we're going to roll with the Sacramento Kings coming off of a loss to Evans Miami Heat. They got to get back on the horse. They got to bounce back. Uh, I, I just don't believe that they're going to lose back-to-back games on this road trip after they started out so well. So I'm going to go with the Sacramento Kings on the money line, and then we're going to go with Sabonis over 12.5 rebounds. And that two-leg parlay plays out at plus 162. Wow. All right, unsportsmanlike moments of the day. So yesterday, Jim Harbaugh had his introductory press conference with the L.A. Chargers. And um, you're moving from Michigan to Los Angeles, you're making $16 million a year. Needless to say, you could find somewhere to live, even in an expensive town like L.A. That is beautiful, I'm sure. Well, not so fast with Jim Harbaugh. I got I, I told my wife this. Should I tell him? Yes. Yes. Okay, so uh, I want to I drive my RV out. I want to drive my RV out and... Uh, and, and, and go to a trailer park, uh, you know, like down by the water or uh, by Disneyland. There'll be two that I've researched that are close to the facility. And uh, I want to Jim Rockford it for the, uh, <laughs> for the, for the next uh, couple months until we move to the new facility. That's, I have that thought going through my head. <laughs> so Jim Harbaugh is going to drive his RV from Michigan to L.A. and live in his RV instead of getting a place in L.A. I just want to be clear on that. That's what's happening. He's a, he's a simple man. He likes to wear the khakis and drink the milk and move in an RV. He is one nah, of one. Nah, not not when you just signed a contract for $16 million. <laughs> Let me tell you how it's not going to go down if that's me. That ain't going to happen. That is crazy. Like, I get wanting to see the countryside. I understand all of that. But you have a high-pressure job that you have to do and not a minute to waste. And you're going to spend time driving across the country in an RV? Holiday road. I just think of the Chevy, him yeah. the Chevy Chase yeah. and, and vacation. Yeah, My God. Lampoon, yeah. He's going to live in. I mean, I, okay, let's, let's see if we can understand this a little bit. All right. It's near the facility, he's saying. Like, he's just going to park. Let's just say he parks in the parking lot of the facility. And he's like, I'm going to be here all day anyway. I'm going to be here. I know he said by a trailer park, but I'm going to be here all day anyway. We're moving to a different facility, I guess he said, at some point for their practices. Yes. So, have you seen the renderings of that facility? No, I have not. It's a $270 million facility. I mean, this is... In a different part of town, I'm going to say. El Segundo. It yeah. is... Oh, my gosh. So, he my doesn't want to buy a place Ooh. that's too far from the current place, so he's just going to stay in an RV. Now, normal millionaires... I think would just get a one-year lease on an apartment yeah. or just stay in a hotel. Well, well there's this other thing called Airbnb that you could use. He like could, you rent. could rent. Rent somebody's crib. And, and I'm sure there's some up. nice options in it. Yeah, and I'm, 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 I'm just saying that it's probably okay. You'd probably be able to find something that's okay. I, I, only him. Ima- only him. Imagine if you're on a road trip and you pull up to the RV spot and you get out, you're unloading your stuff, and you're like, Coach Harbaugh? He's plugging his RV up. <laughs> but couldn't you see him? He's barbecuing. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, couldn't you see him setting up a barbecue outside, making hot dogs for everybody at the with, trailer with, park? With some khakis and a business A hundred percent. Yeah. The glasses. I imagine him listening to an old radio. Yeah, like one of the ones where you actually have to yeah. turn the dial. Yeah. He's got the antenna. Yeah, Steely no Dan's doubt. playing. No doubt. 
He is such an interesting He's guy. He's an odd duck. He is He's such an, an interesting guy. You, All right. Um, next thing for unsportsmanlike moment Very of the day. Though. Smalls, you, um, you have been to many fashion shows in your life, correct? I've been to a few. Okay. So you know fashion. I'm wearing the mob wife aesthetic today. Hello. Okay. Well, uh, people can see that on ESPNU. Let's take a look at star point guard Tyrese Halliburton for the Indiana Pacers, who walked into Madison Square Garden last night to play the Knicks. And how would you describe what he's wearing? Is that pleather? <laughs> He's wearing a structured leather trench that is an interesting blue color. It's not quite blue. It's not quite gray. It's in that cobalt blue steel. Oh, cobalt. cobalt. It's a little. Is it, that a color? It might. Yeah, cobalt. cobalt? Wow. Yeah. It's, it's got, too. Yeah. No, I know that. But yeah, cobalt is a color. Yeah, Evan. Yeah. Cobalt is a color. Cerule- cerulean, also a blue. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you know, go. cerulean. What did I miss here? Okay. But anyway, anyway I, I love the I, I, I missed the memo, too, because I didn't realize that that was considered fashion. A leather trench, very in right now. Really? Very in? Very in. But okay. that's like leather trench. But, he had, but it looked like he had leather, a leather vest or something underneath the leather trench. Like yes. there's an orange leather something poking out, Did too. we not just see the Jacques Mousse show? I mean, leather trench is a structure. I'm sorry, the what? I believe I'm saying it correctly. The Jacques Mousse show? Uh, it's safe to say that Evan and I did not see the Jacques Mousse show. Is that related to Moose Johnston, the <laughs> former fullback from the Cowboys? I promise you we but didn't a see structured it. leather trench like this with the interesting proportions and the cinching of the waist very in right now. I would die laughing if I saw my teammate walk into the locker room just like that. <laughs> Bro, we, got a, NBA, we got a basketball game. What the hell are you doing? Come on. With some of the things <laughs> like, we've seen from You're taking yourself way too seriously when it comes to I how love you it. dress. I think it's Is amazing. This, no, I do. I think it's awesome, too. I think it's amazing that these guys show their personality and their their sense of style by doing this. But that don't mean I ain't going to clown them for it because that look ridiculous right Until there. Until you get a straight off the runway. Let me tell you piece. what I ain't going to do is that part. A leather it, trench? Yeah. I'm, uh, could you imagine the size of the cow that they would have to kill to put me in a leather <laughs> oh jacket? Oh, my God. Could you imagine? <laughs> ain't no, All right. Last thing for, last thing for unsportsmanlike <laughs> moment of the day. So Patrick Mahomes Sr. was a guest Somebody on Greeny yesterday. <laughs> Paul Peter is a big boy. Uh, Patrick Mahomes Sr., guest on Greeny yesterday. I was filling in for Greeny <laughs> and, um, well, asked him about the viral picture. To be honest with you, that uh, that's from me. You know, I have that same body. <laughs> you know, uh, it doesn't matter how strong you how strong you get, how hard you work out. You know, some things are just genetics, and uh, we're going to tend to have a little tummy and all that, even though we're in shape. Patrick Mahomes Sr., who takes, shape. who takes no credit for his son's throwing ability, took credit for the dad bod yesterday. That's it. You know what? Good job by him. He literally saw Patrick Mahomes' dad bod picture that was going viral and said, that's me. He has never said that about him throwing five touchdowns in a game, that's me. But that belly, oh, I recognize that belly, son. That looks like mine. I'm dying laughing because my wife saw that picture when I was watching SportsCenter yesterday. She's like, is that Pat Mahomes? I was like, yes. She said, are you serious? He looks like that with his shirt off. She's like, this is the dude that's Dicing up everybody in the NFL? I said, yes, baby. That is the guy that's on trajectory to be the greatest quarterback of all time. That's what he looks like with his shirt off. I think that adds to his greatness. Yeah, it does. That he doesn't have to have it's a the, six the pack. Le- the legend. The <laughs> yeah. legend of Pat Mahomes. It looks like he cracked a beer in the he's backyard. One, he's one of us. He's one of us. The, the everyman. Yeah, he looks like he has a folding chair touchdown. and a beer. Greeny is coming up next. We are on to Monday. We're on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. 
Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.